across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia and Shara House where our hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Honest Pod podcast. I got Shara with me. Hello. And we are ready to hang out and dive into more of the power of our story and the power of our faith, the power of honesty. We're in the power series. Power. It's been, it's been powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for today. <laughs> yes. I'm loving these are we, can I say what it is? Yeah. Hey, we're doing another interview with an amazing lady. And I just like the last one we did was so beautiful Mm -hmm. and hearing stories, um, from women from all over and their, their journey to find themselves where they are right now is beautiful. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. I think too, when we, when I went to co-start this podcast, I knew that, you know, those of you that know me know, I want to talk all the time, Mm -hmm. like not a problem, but I also was like, if I'm going to start something because I have all the answers, then ew, (laughs) I don't want to do it then. But if I'm going to start something because I'm curious and there's something like there's a curiosity and an invitation that's Mm -hmm. bringing me in then that made me start to awaken to like, oh, I, I'm actually curious about these women and these men that I'm seeing who are doing maybe even everyday things, but have had a story that has brought about mm-hmm. such a, such a fight against the darkness that has, you know, cause we're at such, it's so often we're at such odds with ourselves, yeah. you know, and so we're at fighting ourselves or we're fighting the people in our family or we're fighting the world. And yet when you begin to enter into hope, you begin to enter into the death places and God begins to rise you. Mm-hmm. So there's a fight that rises up in you against the very darkness that was trying to take you out. And so mm-hmm. today is, is in my opinion, um, a, a woman from what I have seen, from what I have read, um, is a woman that is not afraid to talk about the places of darkness, but also has found the most beautiful way to talk about goodness mm-hmm. and wonder and mystery of God. And so today we have amazing woman named Tiffany Kilgore. She is the founder of, um, well, uh, her Instagram page is a house of belonging, but she owns a store and I'm just going to pull her on because I don't want to mess it up, but it's like be brought home is the name of her store. You can find both of these on social media. But let's just welcome right now Tiffany to the podcast. Applause button. I know we Woo. need an we need an applause button. We actually oh. are gonna get sound bites because how great would that be if I could do a trap horn? That'd be so cool. Right. I can think of all I go all kinds of places when you See? say that. Yeah, but, I know, I know. Um, I go into because this is part of my story. I go into the sound. The sound bite for me would be, "Are you ready to rumble?" <laughs> or like, "Eye of the tiger," <laughs> or the "Eye of the tiger." Yes. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. There we go. Say, say, yeah. already kindred. You already get it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let me just start off with saying, okay, I found Miss Tiffany, um, scrolling through my wonderful Instagram. And this is where we can bless, bless Instagram because so much crazy crap comes from Instagram Mm -hmm. and yet some really good, beautiful things come. And I was scrolling through and I, I 
stumbled across this amazing woman who had this book called Misfit Table. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I had a tour called the Misfit Tribe Tour at the time. And I was like, I felt so kind of alone in that calling a tour misfit because really you should you should, you know, and PR call things positively, like live your best life or, you know, whatever. So to, to put misfit on billboard tour and say, Hey, nobody really wants to sign up for that. Cause we're all trying to not be a misfit. And yet we are all inevitably misfits and one good God, you know? Um, so your, your book stopped me dead in my tracks and I started kind of looking into it. And then I started looking at your page and I started reading so much of what you were saying. I go, Oh my goodness, this woman, she is inviting me in. And this is what I said before we started talking. You remind me of a priestess. You just, you just invite us into wonder and you invite us into mystery in a way that I just feel is so beautiful. And yet I can sense that, that where you have come today has not come um, it's come at a cost. It's mm-hmm. come at a cost to be able to hear, to, to see wonder and mystery the way you do. To write a book that says Misfit Table just, just screams to me, this woman has tasted goodness, but she has also tasted deep sadness. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would love to just hear like kind of maybe even where, we're just going to see where Holy Spirit goes, but we would love to just hear where you are today, kind of maybe what you're doing and maybe that will elude us and get us to places in your story. But yeah, where do we find Tiffany today? In therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, preach that. You are welcomed here. Yeah, um, it's been more recent. And the reason why I say that. Um, I've only had a little bit of counseling in my entire life. And um, in hindsight, if you're going to write a memoir, I've never looked at stuff like a lot, probably should have somebody walk with you through that. I did not. Mm. Tip um, number one. Yes. But the story behind the the counseling is our trauma therapist and how God found, they, they actually found me in like September of last year. I was going to host another misfit table in Kansas City, which I moved back from Nashville to Kansas City May 1 of last year. Mm. And so I was going to host a misfit table there and long story short, I just didn't feel peace about it. Something was like, because uh, of the location I was at, whatever. So anyway, about 20 people bought tickets. I emailed them all, not having it, not going to do this. This group of, I think 11 women emailed me back from Arkansas and said, you've got to have it. Mm-hmm. it long story short, emailed me. About, I said, okay, I'll have it. But I ended up having it in a hotel room and mm-hmm. it was just those women that came. Mm-hmm. They ended up had followed me. They have read the book and the map that's in the book. And um, anyway, about a week prior to them coming, I was sitting at the end of my driveway and I heard God. I'd walk, it's like a two mile walk. And I'd sat down there and I was just like at a loss, you know, like God. And I heard him say, not audibly, but like so deep in my spirit, mm-hmm. he said, help us on the way. Because mm-hmm. I was at a place when I came back, it wasn't a good place I was come back to. Mm-hmm. I was lo- lost almost everything. Um, I just written a book, the book had just come out. Um, and so, uh, they came and they ended up, they brought me to Arkansas. I'm actually going through the last five weeks. So it's not been very long, um, working on some trauma with Amy and it's also one of these water girls. So it's been very, what I, what I, the picture I can paint of what's happening is there something with my voice that I've had since probably in the womb mm. that silenced me that for some reason, it's like God put this like longing uh, in me 
And I could never like, when it comes to do with my voice, I can never like feel like I could step into what God was calling me to do and asking me to do. And mm. so what we're doing is like taking those pieces through my life that have been nailed to the wall, basically. Like if you're a woman that washed Jesus' feet with her hair, back in Hebrew, back in, in the Jewish time, like women, women and poor people and all those were on the wall. So they were actually watching Jesus eat with the Pharisees at that time. Mm-hmm. So actually what he's doing is pulling pieces of my life where that trauma happened and, and putting me together, like returning me to myself and mm. returning me to myself to where it's healing me and giving me wholeness in who I am. So it's been a very, like taking Jesus with me, like taking that to be made well to Jesus and letting him touch it, look at it. Mm. Uh, it's, it's just been like, amazing these last five weeks. Yes. Um, oh, I just, I love that. And thank you for making it safe Yeah, for those that are listening to say like, um, you know, y- you can write a book, you can do all these things and yet God is inviting you into more. And will you willingly step in? I think there's a safety and beauty and being able to just name that and say that. And, um, that lets the people listening, like who may follow you on Instagram or may, you know, get your book to know that, you know, just because I finished the book doesn't mean the story's over and doesn't mean that I, I have it all figured out. So you kind of almost went in, in a sense backwards where you wrote a memoir, you know, misfit table, which I'd love to hear a little bit about. And, and, and tell me about like the desire to write that and, and just, yeah, tell me a little bit about that process of what that was like, because it sounds like it, it was almost the prelude to what God was really wanting, how he was going to use that to go deeper. That's exactly what it was. It was like the, the ax, you know, that ver I don't know who the quote goes to, but the ax on the ice, like, mm-hmm. like the writing for me, when I get went into it has been like the, it was the ax on my heart that just like cracked my whole, st- my whole self open, my whole life. Everything in me was like all the meat laying there for God to like, and I like it in the book to being on the table, the altar, the table is his altar, which is the word of God, which mm-hmm. is the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, that's what cracked me open was the writing and got into those root things because God and I had walked, been walking together for years, like since I was a little girl in this way, in the invisible, like I, I, this is a misfit. We're going to go off on a rabbit trail if I talk Mm -hmm. too much about that, but it's a good one to go off on if ever, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think children and teenagers and young adults need to know this. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh so there'd been a lot of healing just naturally with me following Jesus with him, like with not even knowing it at the time, but do you want to be made well, Tiff come, come with me. Mm. And so me doing that. And, but then this one, the book actually, he wanted to get to some core stuff, some things that were really like, um, hanging me up, painful things, mm-hmm. things that I could never figure out what they were and how to like, you know, not even in church was that happening because I found very early on that something's missing in the church, you know, where there was not a, a hospital, there wasn't the triage rooms, mm. there wasn't people to walk with you, there, that we, weren't, we aren't taught how to deal with trauma, how to look at it, what to do with pain, what to, you know, and so it was like, um, I think that when you said that earlier about the safety of, of saying that, it's because God is this, my safest person. And so like, I'm always wanting to be made well and the story's never over until I'm home. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's an ongoing, uh, being made well always. And it takes longer than you think. Mm-hmm. So you had this desire is so good. What you're saying, and you had this desire to, you know, at some point along your journey, you go, I'm going to write a book. 
I'm going to write this book called Misfit Table. At some somewhere it was in, you know, whether it was like a cognitive moment and day, but, and you begin to write and you said something before, you know, we got on record and I just thought it was so powerful that there was, you know, the link to silencing your voice feels really palpable and from really, really like those feel like almost like er agreements, like earth beginning agreements, um, that the, that honestly we make unknowingly with the enemy that there is something flawed in my voice. I mean, that's why we talk so much about going into the places of our story because it really is the total sum of who we are today. But you said something before you said, um, I, I didn't even fully know what my book was about and people were asking me on podcasts and I literally couldn't even go on it. It was like, again, like a, a silencing of your voice mm. um, and this agreement being played out, even though you had written all these words, it was like, nope, you're not even allowed to, to even know fully. Can you explain more about kind of that season and what that was like for you to, to write yeah. and not fully know? <laughs> Yeah, see, uh, Zondervan, actually somebody, when I moved to Nashville in 2016, finally approached me like a year into there and from my Instagram and says, would you be willing to write a devotional? And so long story short, uh, Zondervan picked it up. And at the first meeting we had, um, one of the ladies, my editor said, would you be willing to write a memoir, the story behind House of Belonging? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, because the devotional just felt kind of, I don't know. And so, but boy, in hindsight, I didn't even know what I was getting into. So <laughs> that's kind of how the, the, the story came about. And really the story, all I knew God says was to write it in bite-sized pieces. And um, it actually is my story from the womb. And then Papa speaks, God speaks in every little vignette, every little mm. bite-sized chapter. So it's all these like pain points in my life leading up till uh, two years ago, I think. Um, and so it was almost like, I, I, I use the, the word prophetically, I don't want to sound, I don't know, but it was like I followed breadcrumbs for years with mm-hmm. God. 20 plus years, we follow breadcrumbs together. I follow his breadcrumbs. And so when I was writing it, it was like I knew it was my story because it was my actual memories. But it was also like there was something more, there was something missing. Mm-hmm. So I kept, it was like I was writing it and I can actually go back now. I have the book with me. Mm-hmm. I can actually go back now and I read it and it actually speaks to me even still because it was mm-hmm. like I was writing ahead and it was actually like, and the trauma girls had told me there's like a, there's a map in here, and I know that. Like I knew when I was writing that God was actually downloading something in here that wasn't just about me or for me. It was a way to healing. It was a way back home. It was a way back home to His heart. Mm. So it was. Um, but the whole time I wrote it, I was like, I said this many times. I was writing in the Titanic. I felt like I was writing in the Titanic mm-hmm. this book, and I was like holding it up as I was sinking because there was nobody safe to talk to. There was I didn't mm-hmm. have a team of people. When I wrote the book, everybody thought House of Belonging had this big, like, team of people, and I had nobody. I had no team ever. Mm-hmm. It's always been something that God has, and I have kind of partnered together. Which, in hindsight, now I have people, which is fun. I have a, I have a community of people, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know if I answered any of your questions. Yeah, you did. I mean, I think the stuff that you're saying is so. I think for those that are listening, and even for myself to hear that so often we think that when we're stepping into, let's just say obedience, because obedience is actually a beautiful invitation, but we hear it often through the grid of 
someone else's voice. So obedience yes. can sound like condemning, right? Like you better do this um, or I'm not going to love you. Instead, obedience is an invitation into the more intimacy with God. But I, I see that this act of obedience, and I, I think for the listener, one maybe who is wanting to create a book or wanting to do that next thing or whatever it is, like, I feel like this is on my heart, but it almost has to be like, I've got to have the answers. I've got to have it figured out so that I can do this and give this as an offering. It's got to be an outpouring of my knowledge and where I'm at. And yet what you're saying is like, no, this was my breadcrumb trail. And actually God had me write a book solely because yes, it's going to help everybody and all that, but that doesn't feel like the first place. It feels like he had you write it because he was inviting you into something so much deeper. And he knew that you needed to be able to get this out so that it could open the door to more. I mean, what, what a beautiful thing for people to be able to realize that God is not asking us to do stuff because we're just these you know, his militant, you know, his militia to, to go and take, you know, kill it for the kingdom. And you got to do, it's like, no, he's, he's invite. It's, he's such an invitational God and that everything we're doing, yeah, it's going to bless people. But what if God was like, yeah, I've got all of them. This is about you. Mm -hmm. This is about you. Does that resonate that that is what this gift for you was? Oh, man, at the time. Yes. Now he's like untangling things. Like I told you, like the best conditioner, like he's untangling my trauma. He's detangling it. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like it's unhooked my kids from me in a painful way, but he's actually putting it back. Like Mm -hmm. it's like he just literally took every system, every everything in me that apart. And then now he's like breathing life in. I mean, it's like coming together again. Like it's, 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 it sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know. It's beautiful. Yeah. I it, mean, it is, and, and he's so, you're, go ahead. Yeah. Go no, I, I hear everything you're saying. And I just, I, I mean, you haven't heard all of our episodes and you will, but it goes so beautifully what we've been talking about, about can we begin to hold beauty and brokenness? Um, That is the human narrative. It's where our brokenness and yet we hold the deity of Christ, you know, where it meets, it meets in in this place of earth, you know, where, where we, we really have to begin to understand that we are, we are not totally broken and we are not, and we are still not fully what we will become. And that is what we are experiencing here. And I love that you said, and cause we had done an episode a while back about family and the power of family. And, um, really for me, you know, that has a weight to it. <laughs> the power of family, there is so much good and so much brokenness that have come because I was raised yep. by people with their own stories. And yet, you know, I remember going through my own, you know, I'm certified and studied through Allender, their narrative trauma program, and and I'm a life coach through them. And, and I remember going for that first season and I'm like, this is, this is terrible. This is so hard to go into this place of my story. And I remember one time in my bed, I really late at night. And I remember crying out like, you've got to tell me if 
if you're going to be here in the midst of this, because this feels like you're asking me to unearth stuff that feels beyond, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. I'm like, no, this is more than I can handle. Mm. That scripture's out of context. Like the, of course he's going to give you more than a handle. We can't handle anything. Like we need a savior. And so, um, but I remember getting this vision and it was of like a really tall idol. Like remember the Saddam Hussein, like statue that was getting pulled down and, um, and it was that vision and there were some things in my life and actually family in my life that were that to me. And, and it wasn't this condemning voice. It actually wasn't even like this really like super kind. It was just a matter of fact that Carrie, I am reworking the way you see your family and the way, because I am your God. And this is a, this is going to be the best place for you. And so what I hear you saying, even with the, the pulling apart of your children, it's not that God is like, I don't want you to love them. It's that they need to have their proper place so that you can walk in the fullness and freedom. Does that resonate? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's trauma. Like you said, it's my mom, it's my grandmother's, which she's in the story. Like mm-hmm. her story handed down, passed down around the table to my mother, passed around the table to me, passed around the mm-hmm. table to my own children and my grandchildren now. So it's like when you can actually like walk with Jesus through all of that and let him take you back through some of those memories. And then you, it just has given me new eyes for everyone, really, including myself, but from my own family, my own mother, where there was, you know, like just so much, it just has changed everything for me. Like the way I see and um, yeah. So yeah. You say some really good words about the church. Um, and you know, uh-huh. I love, I, I love the, I love gathering. I love church because I think church can, I mean, I think we're having church right now, mm-hmm. honestly. I, I just, you know, um, yeah. and so yet there are some beliefs that I think we've sat in a little bit, um, that may have put, I want to say this because I know everyone's coming from different places, but, you know, maybe have made us feel that the tone of God is um, a tone of condemnation and a tone of punishment. And yet what we say here on the podcast and what I say all the time is that it will always be the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance and repentance is actually the invitation to the party. Um, So, you know, there's beauty in that. The repentance is getting such a bad rap. Like I just hate the way that the church has, and even just Christians have used that because repentance Repentance is our invitation to glory, you know, to, to back into the father's arms. And so, you know, for you, when you're looking at kind of the, the totality of your story and you're looking kind of at some of those early beliefs that you began to hear, maybe even in the church or whatever, how have you began to kind of rewire the narrative of some of those stronger maybe beliefs? And maybe you can give us one of those of what you did believe and now what God is inviting you into now. Oh gosh, that's such a long story. I'm not super good at shortening everything. Um, yeah, I was in a really, uh, and I, every time I say Southern Baptist, people get, I get a lot of, and I don't mean every Southern Baptist, the church I was at sure. was Southern Baptist. So I, and I love God's people. That's not anything to do with that. Um, but long story short, God began opening my eyes there in that church. I began to study the Bible for myself. I went to precept upon precept, got really judgy at first because, but then God called me out of, out of the church and I haven't been back in a church except for the belonging in Nashville for about a year and a half when I was there ever since. And that was about a 20 year period. And what, and I struggled with guilt about that for probably two years. Hmm. Uh, But then when I began noticing as I was following breadcrumbs and studying the Bible for myself, God was doing a lot of big stuff inside me, like Hmm. in the invisible 
And then when Christy McClelland, who was amazing, I went to Israel with her in fall of 2018, mm-hmm. took her Jesus and Women class. This was in uh, probably 2017 of this mm-hmm. um, in Nashville, that when I went to Israel, that I began to know God had led me. He shepherds us, which is a verb. He shepherds because he's a Jewish man. He was a Jewish savior. Jew- you know, he's Jesus, he's Jewish. Jesus is Jewish. Mm-hmm. And that he had led me this whole time very Hebraically. Mm. And when I took her class, Christy's class, the first night I bawled my eyes out because everything that she said, because she teaches through the Hebrew lens, the Middle Eastern lens, was just exactly was confirmation of how God had led me all along and what I sense only in hindsight, because I get a lot of flack from that. You mean you don't go to church, even though I was gathering with people who were Christians. And um, so he again, he was taking so much out of me and healing so much and taking so mindsets that I'd had. And so what it became was a very judgy, like we would talk about people that drank mm. the past. This is the past. This was all of that. And I don't say that to like, be, but it's it, when I, when I'm right. trying to explain, it was very judgmental and punishment and black and white and all this kind of stuff. So now on the back end of everything, it's just changed everything in me. Like it's, um, mm-hmm. Taking people to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm rambling. No, I, I'm so tracking. You're not rambling actually, because I think what's begun to happen is when we, one, when we go into our own story and then we really begin to see the heart of the father, something changes outside of skepticism and judgment and moves to curiosity and empathy. And empathy is really finding the place in my own heart and my own story, my own brokenness, my own redemption to meet in the place of your own brokenness and heart and redemption. And that, you know, that by definition is when iron sharpens iron, when we come together, it is not in a place where it's an iron sharpened ironing by a war. Um, It's a by us actually being for each other, the place where we can become fully what we were created to be. And so, you know, it sounds like like what, what that time was for you and really breaking off some of those well, limiting beliefs and some of those, you know, religious beliefs um, that kept you bound. God was inviting you into more freedom and more empathy um, mm-hmm. through your own story. And I, I think that's just, gosh, if we could all just sit in that mm-hmm. a little bit more, um, I just think this world would just be a better place. And God would actually be able, where people would be able to see God as good news, um, that there is exactly. good news, you know? That's so good. And I think too, like when he drew me out, it was like he drew me into the wilderness, you know, just like he did the Egyptian. When he mm-hmm. pulled him out of Israel, it was like they spent this time in the Midbar, which is where you get your Devar, which is your word, which you hear God, because there's nothing beautiful in the wilderness. I walked through the wilderness mm-hmm. of Zen, and it's like rock. Israel is rock everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing beautiful. But when you, but Jesus in the wilderness, which is, which is beauty. And so mm-hmm. what, how I'm seeing it more today is like Jesus is our portable homeland. Like Holy Spirit, like he lives in us now. The kingdom of God lives inside of us now. So everywhere we go, we take the kingdom of God with us. Mm -hmm. And so when we act out of that, we're letting, like we're actually bringing the kingdom of God down to the ground in real, everywhere we go in the lives of people hurting everywhere. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's almost like we're setting God free Mm -hmm. in the sense of, out of the buildings, out of the system. And it's actually happening in the quarantine. I, I, I saw, mm-hmm. like, I see it happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a picture of what it looks like because what I was so full of pain, and, and this was even when I was in Nashville. I think that would shock people if they know because they saw House of Belonging. When I came into a culture who was very 
celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, oh, your house is belonging. I'm like, what? I mean, I came can't like a small town outside Kansas City, Missouri. Like I didn't know what it was like. I was super naive going into that. Had mm-hmm. no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we we look at that as something like that's. But Jesus, I mean, it's like God saying, no, no, no. You know, so it's like when I can take instead of having the people with broken legs can't walk into a building, like mm-hmm. or get them in there to, to just, I don't know. It just, it feels icky to me. So mm-hmm. now I feel so much like called of going outside to the fringe and everywhere I go is like everywhere, you know, like you can help people be made well. You can walk with people. You can yes. stay with people, people that are in addictions. They just don't like, that's stuff that you need to, I need help walking out of an abusive marriage. I'm still walking in the, I'm still in like this kind of in between place with mm-hmm. all of that. And these women are actually staying with me. I don't scare them. My pain doesn't scare them. Mm-hmm. I'm not too much for them. Mm-hmm. They're they're not afraid of trauma. They've been trauma trained. Mm-hmm. I think the whole church needs to be trauma trained. Come on, There's preach so that. Pain. There mm-hmm. is so much pain that we can't numb it anymore by going into a building and and and, and worshiping. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like just doing that and sticking together in this little bitty like you're all like me, so we're all gonna huddle here. Mm-hmm. Like. God's saying, no, I'm busted. Like he is out. Like he is, he is, he's out. He's mm. lo- like loose. Yes. You, pre- you that's preaching I now. I know. You preaching. I'm going to take an <laughs> offering. No. And you, and we should see it that way, truly. And this is the whole premise. I mean, we've created, um, you know, through the nonprofit, we run freedom movement and then through, you know, Academy, like I do trauma training for the church. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. And so it was, it's so my heartbeat because truly like, yes, we come to know Jesus and we are born again, Yes, and we are made new. But what does it look like to journey with someone in care and kindness? Like it, it to to really look at, you know, hey, you need to change your behavior to get right. And I'm not saying that some behaviors don't need to change, but are we really looking to the core of why I'm even doing these behaviors? So we're not really looking at you know tr- heart transformation. We're just looking at behavior modification, and behavior modification never saved anybody. It's yep. it's and what I think this is the sense I get when I hear you talk, and maybe it's because of your book, but. It's like, you know, when you were saying I'm eating breadcrumbs, this is how I'm following it. And I feel like so many believers can relate to this. We're eating breadcrumbs. It's kind of stale. It's the manna. You know, it is what it is. And yet there is something in our body that is saying, but there is more. There's mm-hmm. more for you. There's a feast for you. Um, there's tasty food of chocolates and juicy fruits. And and I and just sitting here and listening to you, I'm like, man, like maybe I'm just hungry. But really, <laughs> what I what I'm sensing is just like you you tasted the goodness of God, but now you're feasting. And now and and the feasting hasn't come because you've arrived or you've mm-hmm. figured it out or you've got it all together. Really, the feasting came because of your willingness to surrender that there could be more, but the more is found through the death, death valley, you know, and yet God walking with you. And it's, it's why the picture of him sitting with the table in front of our enemies in the midst of the death valley, like it's because he's like, this is actually where the feast and hope is found. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate with kind of, that's what I'm sensing. Yep. Yep. Totally. And I love that you talk about trauma. I've caught a couple of your posts about that. And I'm like, yes, because I, I just, I want that to be louder. I hope that gets louder and louder. More and yeah. more people doing that. 
So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it has to be because here's the thing is that one, God made our brains and science is actually, you know, God loves science. So we get so weird. Some Christians get so weird about science and it's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just science and it's beautiful. And if there wasn't science, like the planets would be too close together and we'd blow up. You know what I mean? So there's just yeah. scientific yeah. biological things that happen. And to be able to study the brain and to have the opportunity to do that, honestly opened scripture alive to me and was like, mm-hmm. Oh, Paul was functioning right there. Like you can hear the, you can hear what he's saying. And then you can hear what he's saying behind what he's saying. You can hear yes. the loneliness. It's palpable. You can yes. hear his wrestle. It's palpable, you know, and, yes. and it comes from his story. You know, he was trained to be something mm-hmm. and God uprooted him and that's traumatic. And yes. it was a traumatic conversion, you know? So we look at this and we go, Oh, well, if I'm new in Christ, then I shouldn't have trauma. Somebody actually wrote me that bless her heart. And I just want to love her because how much defense mechanism did she need mm. to bring to that to be able to yeah. say you've come too close to something that feels too risky and too painful? And so we invite with kindness. We invite when you're ready. Um, if breadcrumbs is where you're at right now, then that's okay. But we mm-hmm. do want you to know, and this is why we're so glad we have you on here, is that we want you to know that there is a feast that you are yeah. invited to it, and it doesn't it doesn't come just you stand there and just all of a sudden Jesus just throws his stuff on you and you're good. Like it comes through honesty and it comes through some brokenness and, and then marrying the beauty. And so I'd love to just kind of, you know, wrap up with, you know, we've got all these, we've got amazing listeners and I call them the mighty 11 because I just, I can't wrap my mind around anybody more than 11 listening to me because it just Uh is too much for me because it's too much pressure. (laughs) So I just, I just say I have 11 listeners and that feels comfortable. Um, Uh So the 11 of us listening, I think just, you know, would want to know even from your heart, like they're sitting there, maybe they're in their car or maybe they're in their house or or they're on a walk and, and they're hearing your story and they're hearing my story and they think, well, gosh, like I'm not even, I've tasted one breadcrumb. I'm not, I'm not even where, you know, you've written a book and you, you have this amazing Instagram and, and, you know, yet there's a reality behind that, but you just feel so far from where I am today. Like, what would you want to say to those that are listening? What's kind of even on your heart through this conversation? Um, Boy, part of me wants to tell some real truth um, or story uh, that happened during the, the when we were on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very vulnerable, but it's also very real. I think people will relate to it because I'm with them. Mm-hmm. I'm not any, I might be, I don't even know for father or law. I think we're side by side. Right. I'm in the trenches too. Right. Like, I don't ever want to not be. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to forget what it was like. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the second thing would be this morning about God gathering us like a mother hen and tucking us under his wing. And I really felt so tender. I've been feeling so tender today toward God and with God and towards people mm-hmm. and with people that they sense his tenderness. And that like, if you can imagine, like, it, I'm so sensory, um, but I, I mean, to see and feel and, sm- you know, you can imagine like mm-hmm. as God or Jesus as being a mother hen. It's also called a mother's, by the way. It's also another thing. But I, I feel like just that they would they would sense and know in a real touchable way mm. that that God is gathering them, that he wants to tuck them under his wing. And even if they can't imagine what that would feel like, that he can do that. Like, mm. I, I just, I, I think so many of us walk feeling alone and like we're the, the only one going through this, that mm-hmm. they have nobody mm-hmm. and it's hopeless 
and there's so much pain. And that for me, that's where it started for me was with God as my person, not Mm -hmm. another human being. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I hear it's the other way around that people don't know how to get to this place with God. They feel very orphaned there, Mm -hmm. Um, but they have people. So they, you know, but for me, the story was the other way around. So Mm -hmm. I want, if anything, that people, I can bring, be that gap filler, that bridge between God is intimate, real person in the invisible to, to us as mm-hmm. a human and mm-hmm. that he's really real and near. Mm-hmm. He's not somewhere out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah. Well, so. I, the one thing that I even love about your stories or your page is there are these moments and glimpses where you let us into some of the, I, I call them rituals, but like these Ebenezer <laughs> moments where you kind of mark, like you, your candle is lit, you're, you've got this you know, beautiful window and it's, there's always a picture, there's music playing. And even on stories or whatever, you set this kind of like invitation to, to the wonder and the mystery. And I know for those that are listening that go, I want to be able to kind of, I I feel curious around that. I want to be invited into what would it look like even just a tangible step? What's something that you do to create a moment to, to allow, to, to allow the wings to come around and what's something that you could offer that may be something you do that has helped you kind of come into the presence? Yeah, I definitely, I started doing it, uh, coming to my kitchen table every morning before the kids got up and that was at 4am at the time. Because wow. um, that's just what worked for me. Mm-hmm. But it was at my kitchen table. It was a candle. It was my Bible. And I began talking to God and not just and listening. And I, I started in the Psalms because that was kind of a place I felt like there's a lot of emotion mm-hmm. and I could connect well with there. But And I also began to learn that it wasn't that I began to look up and out of everything that I read. I began to say, what is who is what is this God? Who, what is God like in this verse or in this thing instead of making it all about me? Mm. And um so yes, I'm very rhythmic and, and I have a rhythms and candle lighting has been one. It's very important to me. I always invited Holy Spirit that way. That was just kind of my mm-hmm. uh, thing. Music's super important. I set the mood. Mm-hmm. And then- you're, you're dining with God. I mean, you're like, you love him. He's your lover. If you look at, I mean, I know that sounds silly mm-hmm. in a way, but it's no, not like no. he's my husband and he's, he's. I love him with, I mean, like he's my person. Yes. Oh, so, that brings like, tears to my eyes. I can feel that in my body. Just even as you're saying that, I immediately yeah. start to want to cry because to know a love like that, I think we all have that desire. And we, you know, the enemy wants to destroy desire. He wants to destroy play. He wants to destroy innocence and invitation. And I think what you're inviting us into is saying, I am choosing to mark a moment just like they did in old scripture where they would say, you know, I'm, this is a marker of remembrance. Like this is where God is speaking. This is the Ebenezer. This is saying, I will make this ritual as a place where when I smell this scent, when I set this table, I, I'm marking a moment as invitation, Jesus, I am coming. And I think I love what you said, and I won't keep you much longer. I know I could probably talk to you forever, Mm -hmm. but, um, the, the idea, (laughs) <laughs> the idea of of tasting God, smelling God, feeling God, like that God gave us senses. And I think so much of what I kind of was raised in was it was just all about the head, like what you knew, you know, and what you do. And and we denied the body. We denied yep. our body and the the sensation and the pleasure and the desire, because even the word pleasure is like, oh, I don't know. That's a little, don't have pleasure. And I'm like, God gave us pleasured taste buds and bodies that 
receive pleasure and, and, and it's so beautiful. And so, yeah, there is just something. And I think that's what paused me even looking at your Instagram and never had known anything about you was I felt the tangible invitation into desire, into, into my senses. And that feels really powerful for you that that's something Mm -hmm. that maybe is that new for you or no, I'm just feeling more uh, knowing that's the way he made me. Yes. You know, I always felt like a misfit in that way. One of the, That's one of the ways that why do I, every time I'd go into a room, my whole life I could sense people. Mm. Like I could read a room, like mm-hmm. I could feel a room and I, I could, and I would just, it was awful. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. But no, I think, and another two things is stay curious and confess. It's like mm-hmm. curiosity when you come to, to Jesus is like, I'm curious about this. Like, what does that look like? What does that mm-hmm. feel like if I tried that on? And also confessing is like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't feel anything towards you, God. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm just having this awful, day. it's confessing where you are, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. so freeing and he doesn't, he's like, like, he knows that mm-hmm. and he wants to hear from you. It's like a, it's like that you have, sometimes you have to imagine the best relationship you could ever want with a father or mother. Cause you never had it. Right. You know? So it's like, how would, you know, and of course that all lines up, you know, but that's neither, that's a growth thing. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's true. And it takes time to be able to do that. But I think I love that curiosity and confession, you know, the Greek word for confession and repentance are very similar and they basically mean the same thing. And it really is, like I said earlier, that curiosity draws us to repentance, curiosity, or even just, you know, we look at the prodigal and <laughs> his repentance came from his belly. Like mm-hmm. he was hungry. And mm-hmm. I think often we overlook, we, we, we go, oh, repentance is about me, you know, like being condemned to hell or, you know, being condemned away from God. But really it was a guttural response from the prodigal that says, I am hungry. And even, even the servants eat better, maybe he'll just let me be a servant. And so if we can begin to understand that when we're connected to our body, we can begin to sense where God is taking us so much quicker than we can if we're trying to approach God with our mind. Our body right. holds it. Our body holds the truth. It holds the trauma. It holds it holds it all, and it houses the Holy Spirit. So yes. I, what I what I hear you saying is just that invitation of of smell, sense, sensory observation. All of this is really at one point was. an overwhelming, like, I hate this. And now it has begun to be really the place where God has been able to manifest so much of his love to you. Mm -hmm. And that I think is such a gift for you and for us to hear and definitely for our listeners. Well, okay. We've kept you a while. Uh, This has just been, thank you so much. This has been so good for me. And I just, the wisdom that you're pouring out has just been beautiful. I just so appreciate it. No, same. I, I, I'm just like so honored and humbled that you even asked. So it's just a joy. Thank you guys so much. Oh yeah. Well, you know, outside of, you know, you were, uh, we've had three interviews and one is my husband. So that was easy, but you were like the, the one that I told the team, I was like, these are the two girls, you and, and this other girl, Tony, I was like, these are the two girls I want to start off with. And I just, I knew that you would be willing that you've lived a lot of life and you, you know, you wanted to share that yeah. you haven't arrived um, nope. and that the playing field is even, but to share a bit of your story is to share a, a bit of the kingdom as to share a bit of God's glory. And I always say, I've never seen God's face, but man, when I sit with other people, I sure get a glimpse of his glory. And it just, I feel that with you today, yeah, Tiffany. Same. Oops, same. Sorry. That's okay. So good. So you can hang out with Tiffany. You can go to her Instagram on House of Belonging. She has amazing 
an amazing Instagram over there. She has an amazing business. You can check her out at Be Brought Home, correct? That's on Instagram as well. She yes. does signs, these incredibly beautiful signs that should just, I think, have invitation in your home um, to put up and something about marking in word um, what we believe and what we feel and what we and, and letting ourselves see it and letting it personalize. But she personalizes these things. She does the work herself. She's pretty amazing mm-hmm. like that. I mean, hello. Carpenter, because I ain't got that. Um, that's Jesus all day in you, not me. Uh, but you can check her out there and we'll put it in the show notes. Tiffany, oh, I pray God's goodness upon you and that his grace would shine upon you and be gracious to you in this season. And thank you for bearing your heart with us. It is a treasure and is never lost on me the honor it is to get to go into someone's heart. So thank you for helping restore the hearts of so many humans out there and being an advocate for the misfit. We sure appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Okay. Take care. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always. (laughs) 